Welcome to the latest episode of Nickel City Soundtrack Podcast. In this episode, we did a draft-style episode, but we did it with hip-hop. Uh, we did the fa- our favorite hip-hop albums of the 90s. If you listen a few weeks ago, we did favorite hip-hop albums of the 80s. So we decided to do the 90s this time. We had some special guests on to help us with this pick'em draft episode. We had Mike Lamp from Project C. We had... Kelly, our favorite wild card on, and me, I'm Mark, we had Derek and Chris on to talk about our favorite albums from the 90s. In doing research for this episode, I found a ton of gold here, so we're probably going to have another episode focusing on the 90s, maybe the 80s again as well. We're supposed to have some special guests on who couldn't make it, but we hope to have them on and have another discussion about the... uh, 90s and hip-hop because you know some of us think that hip-hop and hardcore and a lot of stuff is all kind of not necessarily intertwined but they share a lot of the same values and traditions and keeping it real and all that good stuff so check this out enjoy this and we will see you on the next one from a garbage can, but regardless, you shouldn't have to be so raw. I'm looking at the front door. I'm looking at the front door. Baby, I'm looking at the front door. I'm looking at the front door. Okay, well, welcome to the latest Nickel City soundtrack podcast. This is another draft episode because uh, we like drafts, we like music, we like to talk about our favorite music and shine lights on stuff that, you know, may not be necessarily, may be old, may not be necessarily mainstream, all that stuff, but we stuff we like. We want people to check out stuff we like, so we do these drafts where we talk about music and stuff, and we're going to do a 90s hip-hop draft, the follow-up to our 80s hip-hop draft, which was, I think, good. Well received, fun, all that good stuff. Uh, we had a we had a lineup for this, but we had some changes we had to make last minute. But this should be a fun conversation. I am co-host Mark. I'm Derek. Chris. Okay. And joining us today as Thank part you. of all of this is the wild card. Like <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself, Kelly. Kiki, whatever. Wild card. Wild card. Wild card of hardcore and many other genres of music. All right. And last but not least, the number one draft pick. Is that me? Yeah. It's you. My, am I that me. lucky draft pick? Uh, Mike Lamp, but also known as uh, Minalik back in the day from uh, the group Project C and uh, Mouth for War. Very cool. So we're going to pick our favorite 90s hip hop. We call this hip hop or rap, or does it the same thing? What do you think? We're going here, Chris. I, I think it's the same thing. And we're doing top three because, you know, we're all about the threes. So you say I can't pick Bob uh, DeVoe? No. <laughs> no, you can't. Please don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> so not, our drafts as normal night. So we pick our favorite records from the from the time period. And if someone picks your record, you got to have another one ready. And uh, pick your record and kind of talk about it a little bit and say what you think is what you what you think makes it a standout record and all that good stuff. Um, anything to add, Chris? Nope. Just uh, since uh, this is technically your first time, Mike, even though you were on one of our uh, live streams, you get to go first on this one. Get to go first. Hmm. Let's see. This is this is. Uh... It's sort of tough, man. Um, hmm. I think some, uh, someone else go first. Let me think about it. Come on. <laughs> wow, doing the Minnesota Vikings, sipping his pink. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 there's a lot. Yeah, I was thinking about this all day today, actually, because, yeah. you know, for me, my influences are – are all over the place. And a lot of it, I'd actually, I, I didn't get to check out the eighties um, podcast you did. I would really like to check that out now, but you know, a lot of the stuff that got me into hip hop started then, but like probably bloomed, you know, in the nineties for, you know, nineties, really the, the, I don't know if you want to call it the golden age, but yeah, definitely like, you know, it all started coming together hip hop wise I'm blowing up, but yeah, someone else go first. Let me think about it for a second. Can I go first? <laughs> yeah, go whoever whoever's up next. Go. Uh, well, uh, Kelly era. Oh, okay. Throw the the ball at me. Okay, uh, just small inch out. My parents were disco children. They met at a disco. Um, my dad's totally R and B soul. He still listens to gangster rap. He's sixty seven. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like he thinks Luda is his boy. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was kind of a weird segue where you think about when we were in like the late eighties, early nineties, where there was like Anthrax, Run DMC. And like then all these kind of like combo platters of like rock and rap together. Yeah. In a way. I mean, if you think about how we kind of segue together or a combo of how bands went. Mm -hmm. But I would think, I mean, I have so many favorites. Some of them I had to check my dates because they were like 80s because I'm old. Yeah. I would say we'll we'll hit you, we'll hit you with a date if you come up with something 80s. So <laughs> um NWA, 100 Miles and Running. Definitely 90s. All right. That's cool. I mean, there's a, I, I know every lyric of the whole freaking album. <laughs> Should we do a poser kind of test right now? I blame it on Vogel <laughs> a little bit because he had a tape player and his Cavalier and we listened to, that was like the only tape he had. Yeah. That would be one of my favorite albums just because it made me a little more privy to what my life was not mm -hmm. and also just the music and the style of rapping and they had this like uh, melodic background that like mixed in with it all and I, I could I could listen to that album all day I, I fold my underwear to that album <laughs> <laughs> the quote Snoop Dogg I, I ain't got no love for the west coast 
mostly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just to interject a little bit. Like I yeah. kind of got out of hip hop by like 93, 94. So a lot of my list is actually West coast. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The West coast ran the early nineties there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that is similar for me. That, that's why I wanted to think about it for a second because my my influences were, um, I mean, you know, go back to, uh, of course, Sugar Hill Gang and and all that when I was a kid. A song um, ever. Yeah, but it, it was, uh, yeah, and I won't I won't, I won't go too far here, but like you know the that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, man, all my stuff was like hit around like the late eighties and then by like 93 or so when grunge and all that, you know, alternative was fully um, going. I was back into that because, you know, I, I grew up, you know, I'm obviously a white kid grew up um, very poor, but listening to metal and uh, you know, listening to metal in, uh, in, uh, <laughs> in a poverty-stricken environment, unless it's all white poverty, is uh, you know you are not going to be too cool. So that that, that quickly um, changed. But what I was going to say though is when you mentioned "100 Miles and Runner," which I, I absolutely love that song, and and I won't I won't quote any lyrics from that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but as soon as you said, uh, this is just immediately running through my head, but, um, uh, I was going to say, yeah, similar thing is that by, uh, mid nineties, I had, you know, cause I was really into hip hop. Like I went like <laughs> fully in, right. I was, I was doing my, my, uh, had my uh, project C and then did my solo thing with mouth for war. And, uh, but my influences came always came from that, you know, that metal, metal and political and, you know, all, all that stuff. And so the 90s, the the, the 90s hip hop, the one that I, I'm, I'm going to jump a little further into the future is going to be. Um, uh, uh, oh, my God. Talib Kweli and Most Def. Um because that was, you know, for me, the Black Star album uh, brought, um, and I know I've totally jumped from like metal <laughs> into this. But, but did they coincide though? Because that's what happened when that happened, you know? Yeah. Well, when the reason I'm mentioning this one, because I want to, I want to stick in the 90s here, but the, the, the reason I thought of this one is because when I fell out of, um, hip hop um, and then got back into like grunge and alternative and, you know, everything else, but hip hop. Um, it was the underground stuff that uh, kept me going with hip hop and like, you know, most up and uh, most deaf and Talib Kweli um, were, when I heard that album, I was like, you know, this, this is great. It's not your typical, like, especially at that point, like gangster rap had totally taken over. That's what really started putting me off um, uh, of hip hop. And I don't want to put down any hip hop, but 
um, that started that the commercialization of it, especially of the gangsterism totally, you know, I was like, you know, I can't, I can't be that. I'm not about that. You know, I'm not going to fake that. Um, and so groups like that, like, um, still had the message, but they had the, uh, you know, the independence to do things the way that they wanted to do, right? So they could still have those, like, uh, you know, most def definitely, like, like bad brains. And, you know, it was definitely influenced by bad brains in that. Um, and so that was the hip hop. And that that album in particular, uh, especially the song, uh, uh, oh my God, my mind's going blank. I want to say it's astronomy. Um, but that album's a phenomenal album. And, you know, to me, I just think it stands out as a, a great 90s hip hop, um, you know, not your typical uh, ones that you probably think of, like Wu-Tang Clan and stuff like that, even though Wu-Tang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what year did that um, come out? Uh, that's a good question. Let me Google that really quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> 92? No. That's later than that. No, it's later. I want to say it's like yeah. 97. Yeah. 97. I can't read my own. I think so, but hold on. I'll tell you. Thank 98. God. Is it 98? It's 98, yeah. Yeah. Towards so, the yeah. end. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And it had, Taking it out of the 90s, almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. That's the thing, right? It's interesting, right? Because, when, again, when I was thinking about, like, 90s hip-hop, I'm like, you know, I immediately I was thinking all of stuff that was, like, 88, 89, you know, because mm -hmm. to me, Eric B. and Rakim, Public Enemy, like, yes. the, the, the very end of um, the 80s, that was the stuff that, like, you know, set me off, but all that stuff came to fruition right in the nineties. So yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, they laid sure. the groundwork for all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Who's next? Me. Oh God. <laughs> I, 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 I have a feeling it's one of two things. Let's see if I'm right. Not really? I have a feeling. <laughs> um, first letter. Of the group, either one, I or P, I or P, yep. seeing clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. No, my pick, my pick for a favorite hip hop album of the 90s is Tribe Called Quest. Um, uh, Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory, yeah, absolutely. It's right. wow. like. Tripod Quest introduced all sorts of cool sounds into hip hop. Like, you know, they had the jazz, all that stuff. I mean, one of the cool things about Tripod Quest. There. But Tripod Quest made it kind of like a, you know, a thing thing, I think, in my mind anyway. You know, like, but they can't got no jazz. <laughs> 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 That's where I'm coming from. That whole oh, album is filled with digging in the crates back there. <laughs> But um, uh, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to find. I have this book. Uh, Rakim said, and there's a whole section about like uh, Tribe Called Quest recording. But I think it's out in the living room. But um, like it was always cool. Like watching like Tribe Called, like watching a video for Check the Rhyme. Like that was like where around where I grew up, and I thought that was awesome. 
So I thought yeah. that was well, not where I grew up, but because that's in more Jamaica. I grew up in Flushing, but I, we moved to we moved to Jamaica ish later, and that stuff was all like real and stuff, which was cool. I mean, you know, they introduced the world to freaking Busta Rhymes, pretty much. I mean, he mm-hmm. was in Lear's in New School, but I mean, on the scenario that made Busta Rhymes Busta Rhymes, like you know, that, yeah, that that was like that pushed him into the like you know, pushed yeah. him into everything. That's definitely like probably um, his most quoted lyric. What's that? Uh-huh. From uh, Dungeon Dragon. Yeah. But, you know, just another case of the PTA or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that was great stuff. <laughs> I, I was a fan of Lear's Day New School. I got the tape upstairs yeah. Yeah. in my That's attic. <laughs> I was a fan. So I was, I was down with all that stuff. But they never really did anything. You know, Dinko D, Charlie Lears Brown. New School, they I thought they nothing. had a couple of things. What are those guys doing now? Memorable. Are they like, are they like right? Are they like teachers or something? Oh, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I guess what happened to Dinko D? <laughs> See what he's doing. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, rest in peace, Fife. I don't know if any of you have seen the uh, the documentary that Michael Rapaport did. It was pretty good. I have not documentary. That was pretty oh, good too. I didn't watch it yet. Um, yeah, check that out. But yeah, I mean, Tripod Quest. They're they're the native tongue kings as we say. So I'm keeping my native tongue picks going because I picked De La Soul in the 80s draft. So I got tri- I got Tribe now. So There's yeah. nothing lost on Q-Tip Solo. I'm just saying. You're a fan I, of Q-Tip to- Solo? Yeah. Um, I never I, really got I into it. I appreciated it. You know, yeah. it wasn't that all that, but it still was a good, good concerted effort of good. The, the only thing I have to add to this mm-hmm. Is uh who who was it that did that? Uh, I want to zoom 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 in your boom 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 song. <laughs> Rex and effect. Rex, I think was that what it was? Yeah. If oh I remember God. right, that I your choice. The tribe, tribe. No, the tribe and them had a beef, and in that beef, that's why Q-Tip is blind in one eye. You talking about really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was them. It was somebody with like a really corny song, and they had like some beef, and there was some altercation. And Q-Tip is like blind or lost vision in one eye because of that altercation. Oh, wow. And funny, I think though, that when... Africa Bambata actually had to like mediate the like truce between them. Oh yeah, that's well, how deep of... into the shit I was back then. But when I think of Rex and Effect, though, you know they have the, they have like the rump shaker and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but I but the first single was New Jack Swing. Remember that song? Yeah. Yeah. That was like that shit was that was the real shit, dude. And everybody in the freaking video, like you know, like. I guess awesome. Q-Tip learned about that New Jack Swing. <laughs> Yo, New Jack Swing is like, I think that might be like, that's one of my top five musical genres is New Jack Swing. I think New Jack Swing is awesome. Everything really? about it. <laughs> so, but anyway. <laughs> I, I, think right. I, like the, I think I like the Tribe record before more. Yeah. Left my yeah. wild El Segundo, all that shit. Bonita yeah. Applebum. You had a Bonita yeah. Applebum in yes. your life? Derek has been the apple bum. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know good. if that came out in the 80s or not, or not. I think that might have been. It was in the 90s because I was, oh, was thinking of picking them for my 80s, but they, it came out in 1990. Oh, that a gray was, area of 89, 90. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think that one had Can I Kick It on it. Yeah. I, that was the, yes, she one can. thing about Tribe 2. <laughs> Like, what did Jerobi do? Jerobi? <laughs> you know, Jerobi? 
Yo, he's like a fourth you, member. Like, I feel like he didn't do anything. But but did you listen to the recent album? No. Jerobi's on the recent album, right? Because Fife isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, you check out the the. I will check it out. Jerobi, the one that the one that came out in like the last five years, right? The like, what was the name of it? Like, we got this or something like that. I'll, I'll definitely check. check it out. Yeah, I want to hear what Jerobi's got to say. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, it's it's amazing. It's it's really good. He was kind of like in all the videos, but never really like rapped in the videos. It was it was weird, I thought. But anyway, yeah, Jerobi. check it out. Good, good stuff. He's actually pretty great. Nice. I'll check it out. I think Derek. I think you're up. Uh, okay, my uh, my pick is gonna be Gangstar Step Into the Arena. Ooh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, right. I think this might does this predate tribe with the, like the jazz, the heavy jazz influence. So mm-hmm. I think so because this is that's the one that has the like all about the jazz or whatever. It was like they made a big deal about having jazz in their music because mm-hmm. they, if I remember right, they went to France and saw like French hip hop dudes doing a jazz thing and brought it back over. Like I remember okay. Gangstar being the first one. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I mean, like right off the, the that name tag, like. You know the DJ's names from here, and I'm the guru. It's got the piano in the background, and it's yeah. I don't know, like, but like that whole album, like Step Into the Arena, just to get a rap, Love Sick. You know, I mean, I could go down the whole list here. Yeah, just well, every song. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of songs on there. Yeah, Damn. I didn't realize that. Prolific, guru. Yeah, prolific. Yeah. Here today, gone tomorrow. I don't know. It's just good stuff. Yeah, um, I remember uh, when I think of when I think for some reason when I think of a uh, gangstar, I think of I think their first video ever was Manifest, and like you no know, Guru looked like Malcolm X in the video, yes. and I thought that was yes. like, awesome. Oh, <laughs> that shit was cool. Yeah. So yeah, I remember yeah. all that shit, dude. That was that Manifest. Was, was that on the first record? I think so. Yeah, because that one's like disappeared off the internet for some reason. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't find it earlier in the week. But that was like, that was the 80s. So, yeah, didn't count. Also, bro. also <laughs> not, not as good. So, yeah. no, 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 more like, there. Yeah, yeah, no, Step into the Arena is when they really started to like come into the round. Yeah, like, that really should have been their first record. Definitely. And, uh, the Guru was a little more like fired up on it. Yeah. So it's like that speaks to me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, later on, there's there's the always tracks that are fired up, but you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm going to add here, um, since you brought this up, because that, that is a great one to bring up. Uh, mm-hmm. Gangstar, a guru, a premiere, of course, is phenomenal, but guru, I think, has always been underrated. Mm-hmm. But um, moment of truth. Um, album still in the 90s it's 98 i just verified it um, <laughs> nominal album if you fell off of gangstar you know at whatever point and you haven't heard moment of truth check out moment of truth that is a phenomenal album yeah I, seriously almost every track on that album is phenomenal i listened to that when that came out again i had fallen off of hip-hop but like this was probably around the same time as the black star stuff but Mm. Uh, when that came out, 
and I rarely at that point bought like, you know, CDs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a moment of truth. Check it out. Phenomenal. Definitely check it out. Because I thought of hip hop in like 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was off, I was off to industrial pastures and hardcore pastures. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, if you love music, it's all good, right? You know, you've got to explore all this stuff. But but yeah, hip hop, it just hit this thing, you know, and uh, it wasn't for everyone. And that's, it, it, it'd be, I, I really hope some of your people join us uh so we yeah. can get some other perspectives here definitely uh, say, especially cool taj but um yeah yeah i think uh you know like with hip-hop like i always appreciated like the earlier the earlier stuff because it had more of a message and you can hear a lot of anger and vocals and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's so, the same reason why i appreciate the 80s uh no like late 80s okay. like kind of like in in like the i mean like public enemy was at like that point was the most important band to me you know mm-hmm. absolutely or group i mean not band uh but yeah like chuck d there's motion you know remember just- Derek, a dj can be a band Get you out your seat. Yo. <laughs> Chris's anyway. turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my first one that I'm going to go with is uh, Paris Sleeping with the Enemy. Wow. I think you mentioned that before. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite records. Like, I still listen to it on the regular. And one of the things that always impressed me about Paris, like, Paris had a particularly militant stance with what he was talking about, but Crunchface of all zines did a Paris interview. And in the interview, they asked him specifically, like, so do you like dislike white people or whatever, whatever however the question was worded. And Paris said, no, he was like the average white person on the street has just as much power as I do. He's like, that's not who I'm talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, yeah, like, Absolutely. Sleeping with the enemy, like jumped right off with controversy because of the whole bush killer thing yeah. and uh, the picture of him behind the tree with the gun and like yes. bush like waving to the crowd or whatever. <laughs> and and, and so every song, yeah, it's so good. Like, it, that should have been the cover instead of just his like KMR profile picture, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and like every song is politically charged. And, and 100% relevant to the time and unfortunately 95% relevant to these times yeah you know and and some of the songs are actually like uncomfortable to listen to and not even in a cringy way but like uh I can't think of the name of the song but the song talking about the girl getting raped by Oakland cops mm-hmm. like uh, the samples and effects that are used in it it's it's uncomfortable to listen to mhm you know and like what's that the coffee donuts death maybe yeah 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 like it's it's uncomfortable to listen to at times Mm -hmm. uh and that that record is so freaking good like paris had to be my number one that had to be my number one pick and then anybody who hasn't listened to it and and you enjoy politically charged rapper hip-hop you definitely need to go and check it out 
Okay. And like I said, unfortunately, a lot of it is still relevant today. Yeah. I definitely listened to that in preparation for this, but it didn't make my list, but I do enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, so I think the beats, like, the beats have that driving, almost like hardcore metal yeah. feel to them. You know, like, he, he clearly believes in what he's talking about. Yeah. And he's not he's not dumb about it, you know, like it's intelligently done, mm-hmm. but put together in a way that is accessible to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, and a couple of little skits are mildly amusing and it just it works like the whole record front to back, top to bottom, 100 yeah. percent works. Cool. And, I, and I can't say my favorite line, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He's still putting out music too. Damn. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. still putting out music. Like the last one, I know that there's more, but the last one that I knew of was Pistol Politics. But I think that was like 15 years ago. And I know there's been more since then. There's one in 2020. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Doing it. All right. Yeah, so yeah, the line, like. He's got some West Coast love there. <laughs> yeah. The line, like, HN's bleed two shitting through. That goes through my head all the time. Yeah, like just just the 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 sentiment of it, like it goes through my head all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you see a hardcore band being promoted by some mainstream thing, right there, <laughs> yeah, or, or what have you, like it's always in my head. Cool, cool, cool. The great. I like pick. it. All right, Kelly, you're up again. I gotta throw a lady in here. It'll be a little Kim, little Kim hardcore. Really? Interesting. Interesting pick. Tell us about it. (laughs) When that came out as like a woman and she had her street and she had her honus and whatever. It was just like a little weird revelation. Her honus. (laughs) (laughs) What she was doing and you look at her backstory and who she was involved with in the music industry and Mm -hmm. everything that happened amongst you know different people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what? I I know nothing of this. Really? Well, Come on, Derek. I mean, <laughs> she was dating Notorious and the Tupac thing happened and she was like in this little weird window and she was just such a sexy, giant fucking boss ass bitch. She <laughs> gave no fucks. She put out this album and this is at a time when female empowerment was there, but not like that. She's just like, I don't give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. listening to those lyrics as like a young girl <laughs> the shit that she said I'm like what? What do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> and I I remember I think my mom bought me this CD or tape and I had to put it in my Christmas stocking unbeknownst to her and listening to that album my, my parents were like what the fuck? And I was like, you bought this for me, sorry. Nice. <laughs> but that would be like one of the first female like rappers of that type of genre of the rap industry that I was just like quietly listening to and trying to figure out where this woman came from and what she's doing and going through her dramatic life. <laughs> but 
I'll it, pick her. That's okay. fine. She's the queen bee. I got a queen bee right here. Right there. Yeah. Nice. That's funny. Nice. Little, little that's Kim, funny. Like, I knew no one would pick that for sure. Oh, it was on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. Uh, Lil, Lil Kim is an interesting case study of somebody who was like strong, but also like in my mind, kind of manipulated and gaslighted, if but I'm using the, the term correctly. Yes. By the by the music industry, but also by the people around her. Because like while she was involved with Biggie, she was definitely, whether she kind of knew it or not, she was the side piece, even when he didn't have anything else. Mm-hmm. And like you see her her physical transformation. There was a little while there where, at least from my limited perspective, her physical transformation just looked more like Faith Evans because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what they think soccer for yeah I, I think a little bit and then she just kept going with it yeah i mean i'm not yeah i mean a I... proponent of any of physical transformation obviously but i'm just saying, <laughs> like she already had the stuff you didn't introduce yeah this yeah stuff. she didn't have to change anything like she was fine as it was you weren't there yeah, to tell her that chris What's that? You weren't there to tell her that. You weren't there to tell her. No, man, she was like getting into gunfights outside of radio stations. I'm not going near that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's next? You're up. All right. Um, Well, first, I want to say that's great. I'm really glad you you mentioned a a female um, hip hop artist because it really, in, in sort of tagging on to what Chris was saying, like, I well, this is true, I think, in like all music. You know, you could say this in rock or or whatever, right? Female artists are always um underrated and they're sexualized and um you know that that whole thing. So that it's 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 interesting. I don't know. I, I I've always found I've always struggled with like female, you know music artist hip-hop rock whatever um because they they are they're, they're always sort of forced to be packaged a certain way and you know and, and and can't escape from that even even you know if they say that they own it um so anyway i said i'm glad you mentioned that because that is uh you know it's a hip-hop right it's always such a male ego thing for the most part so like uh definitely got the ladies in there quite Uh, the quite the difference between our first pick with uh song titles like just don't bite it and (laughs) (laughs) hey i swing both ways what do you want me to say nice um but but mine i'm gonna i mean this is this is such an easy one but it ties into you know, my major influences in particular is Rakim and Rakim is, you know, eighties. So my, my pick here is Nas Illmatic. And and, I mean, Nas is like so phenomenal. And, you know, I'm saying that because, you know, the obvious influence from Rakim and uh, the, the way that, you know, even, even though, lyrically was you know where he was from right and um you know you could say to a degree it's it's the gangster stuff but 
Nas has a way with um, the lyrics like Rakim and Illmatic. I mean, my God, uh, when I heard that, I was like, because again, I was falling off from hip hop. But when I heard that, I mean, especially when I heard Life's a Bitch, I was like, oh my God, I, I think I probably cried. I was like, you know, there's just such a, such a phenomenal album. And, and, and it's funny because my, uh, my, uh, my son, who's now just turned 29, um, we, uh, uh, yeah, my oldest turned 29 and my uh, middle son uh, actually is about to turn 16. And uh, we, we drove down to DC a um, couple weeks back and we were listening and it was funny because my 15 year old was playing like Nas and like all this old hip hop stuff. And I was like, how the hell did you, how do you know about this? Because I didn't introduce it to him. So you're listening to like all this Nas stuff and, and what just a phenomenal album. And the one thing that I, I didn't know about um, that I thought was pretty amazing was um, I saw this it was probably part of a documentary, but it was talking about how uh, MC Search signed him. Um, really? Yeah, which like, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And he, you know, Search, it, the the video or whatever, it was probably a long part of a longer documentary, but Search was talking about how, um, you know, he he heard Nas, he went to him and he was like, you know, wanted to you know he knew what was there what was going to happen and he was trying to guide him right and he even um he did end up signing him but you know nas had like a couple opportunities and it was the way that search you know handled it i thought was was pretty cool um anyway i and, and this i'm reminded by this because i'm googling all this to re remind myself like um all these details but that album again like i just think lyrically is at the level of of rakim just to me no one no one compares to rakim lyrically but um uh nas is is definitely up there so illmatic for me yeah and i would i would the only thing that i would say is that like i i i never considered nas like gangster or anything like that and living near queensbridge projects i think it, it's just any any tone that he has like that is merely environmental because even now like gentrified astoria 2022 yeah, yeah. queensbridge still has the searchlights on at night you know like they still had those bright ass lights at night so people don't do shit so imagine what it was like yeah. you know 89 to 93 you know, yeah, very cool. Anything to add, anyone? Oh man, Nas is great. <laughs> no, again, yeah, Nas is great. every track is like phenomenal on that album. It's like you know, a lot of hip hop, right? Sometimes you get one banger on it, and then the rest are. You know, just filler yeah. tracks. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. That's an album you can listen to back to back and, you know, foundation, foundational hip hop. Yeah. yeah. That particularly for like the kind of, in my mind, what was the, the, you know, maybe second or third wave of New York hip hop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think like you have the earliest and like the late eighties, and then that. I think those are the waves yeah. of New York, New York yeah. hip hop. All right, yeah. guess it's my turn. <laughs> oh man, knock it out the park! I'm I'm going chalk here, so I'm taking Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet, which yeah, maybe I should have picked first, but maybe I thought I don't know because it definitely is. I like that album better than Tribe Called Quest, but. Like freaking public. Maybe enemies. maybe you thought somebody was gonna snake yeah. that tribe on you, so you had to get <laughs> it in there. Like nothing like this album is I mean, I think Welcome to the Terradome might be my favorite, like um one of like top five like hip hop song ever for me. And like I've always been looking for a song that feels like that song. Like I just feel like that song is just like it it to me it feels like uh it feels like a hardcore song to me, but it's a, but it's a, it's a, it's a hip hop song. It's just like, it's just full of like angst and frustration and stuff. And I just think it's, it's great. And, and uh, yeah. So uh, welcome to the Terror Dome. You know, I, I don't know if I should be saying N words, but <laughs> the song with, uh, with Big Daddy Kane and Ice Cube is great. No, that's what I'm, I'm thinking of Burn Hollywood Burn. So. But in the oh, video, they're bro. together. That, that the, song is great. That song is great. Yeah, but the video, yeah. those two songs are together. They made a video where they come together. But um, mm. I don't know. Like, it's just great. And it ends with Fight the Power, which is a great all-time song, too. You know, I mean, it's just it's just good. It, and It's, it's going? funny that, like, that Fight the Power is on that song, but Ice Cube's line and Burn How I Would Burn is Don't Fight the Power to Shoot the Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And like two great flavor flave songs, you know, nine one's a joke and uh mm -hmm. can't do nothing for you, man. Like awesome, like like flavor flave yeah. top form there. So it's oh just perfect. God. And like no one's like Chuck D. Like Chuck D is the man you want six like dollars for what? <laughs> one of my favorite Instagram follows is Chuck D. Like Chuck D's a great follow on Instagram. Oh yeah. Man. yeah. Not not that yeah, Chuck one's foreign though. Another one of my favorite Instagram follows is on this podcast right now. That's you, Mike. <laughs> I, I I love what you post on Instagram. Like it's just good. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh. Like I just post a bunch of rubbish all the time. Man. Nah, man. Always thinking about what you're posting. <laughs> it's it's, it's relevant to our interests. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my political views are probably very clear. Uh, <laughs> very <laughs> But uh, uh, thanks, man. I yeah, yeah, definitely. Time, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 funny when I post a lot of stuff. Um, well, lately it's been you know either philosophy stuff or political stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I used to post stuff, and it used to be lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. I, I always like when talking to people, like, and I'm, this you you all probably do this, but. Um, you know, someone says something to you and just immediately like lyrics come in your head and I would post stuff all the time. And then people I would know that didn't don't know me really, really well would be like, what the hell are you like posting? <laughs> right. Cause they would have no idea what the reference is and it would just be like an obscure, like line, right. Like not necessarily the chorus or a popular song or whatever. Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, what the hell? I'd get like my aunts and uncles, like, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> So well, <laughs> now my posts they 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 like me even less, but you know. <laughs> it's hard not to get in an argument with 
someone and want to sing them lyrics as <laughs> like my friend was worried about his job and I'm like fear of failure <laughs> right you could get it someone else has said it right you could get a you could get away with it like Trump needs to do that you know like, quote yeah. lyrics more often and then he could blame it ah this guy said it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was dating someone who was fairly normal and I posted some very live lyrics and like like it was like something about watching you burn and they thought like that I was like something was wrong with Sorry, me because I posted those yeah. lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on? What, what's what's Mark posting? What's going on here? God damn it. We broke up soon after. So, <laughs> so when keeping ugly. it real goes wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, with your with your choice, like what I mentioned in the very beginning, like mm -hmm. Public Enemy and the Bring the Noise with Anthrax yeah, yeah, was yeah. like one of those things that were like in my early hardcore days where yeah. everything kind of blended in that song. And I was like, oh, what's happening here? We can do everything. <laughs> we don't have to pick and choose. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool they shout out Anthrax on that song, like, you know, in, on Nation of Millions. Like, it was just like, it was like it probably opened up a lot of people's like to that, you know. Maybe yeah. I mean it did. You no, know, it was like, funny because I'm sorry. Finish your thought. But that's what, yeah, it like add. I that's the first time I heard the name Anthrax, and like I checked it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like people that I know, like when that song came out, they thought it wasn't Wax W A X is for Anthrax. They thought it was Wax W A C K S is for yeah. Anthrax. Oh really? Yeah. They saw it as like a diss to Anthrax. Yeah. No way, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, but yeah, I mean, Public Enemy, Nation of Millions, or not Nation of Millions. Uh, Fear of Black Planet. Sorry. <laughs> so, which which do you think is better, Nation of Millions or Fear of Black Planet? Nation of Millions. Oh, Nation. Yeah. Nation yeah, all I the mean, way. Just yeah. making sure. Just making sure it, we're it all. Just, it just <laughs> is. But, yeah. but it's it, I guess it's it's kind of in the same neighborhood, but it's still like Nation of Millions is just like. Uh, that was really yeah. good. The beginning with the the siren, everything is perfect uh -huh. about that record. Oh God, yeah, yeah. When yeah. when when uh, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this or whatever, but when Earth Crisis played here, they were like, "Buffalo, consider yourselves warned." And I was wondering how many people <laughs> got that reference, and I thought I was freaking. Awesome. Did you get goosebumps? <laughs> it was oh. great. It's all coming <laughs> together. That's the thing, though. When I'm playing music at work, I'm like. Like if some things I'm listening to, I'm like, if someone came in and like knew this, I didn't know, I would think they were the most awesome person in the freaking world, you know, like that would be great. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, go on. So who's next? I have my turn. Derek. So Spice. I don't think this will be on anybody's uh, cool G rap and DJ Polo wanted dead or alive. Uh, the, you know, like, Cool G Raps storytelling and lyrics is is awesome. Uh, Streets of New York, such a good song. Um, the whole album's pretty pretty solid all the way through. Uh, race racism. Mm -hmm. and what is the song on here? Um, Talk like sex. Do you, if you re if you want a good laugh, read those <laughs> fucking lyrics because they're it's so funny. It's funny, like cool, it. cool G Rap's voice, like on paper, I think what doesn't work. Yeah, but it, 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 it completely works. Yeah, 
I don't know he's, if you've he's heard. Phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know if you heard like lately. It's it's different. His voice sounds different. Really? Yeah, I don't think it's it's like like how it was. Mm-hmm. Did he have like a, a DMC thing where his voice just changed? He probably. You know, I mean, how many years is it now? You know. Yeah, Almost yeah, thirty. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't check out his new stuff till like a few months ago when a friend was playing it in his car. I'm like, damn. Like I thought it was like one of those rappers that just went like went away, you know? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was dead to be honest. No, he's still kicking. Man. I don't know why. No, he's still kicking. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. He's phenomenal. It's he's got he's, he's got, got a underrated. Yeah. Very underrated. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people name check him though, but I don't know really? if these people who name check him actually listen to him. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe like Wanted Dead or Alive is <laughs> awesome. It's an awesome record. Like if you are you familiar, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you know the record. I, I love that record. I it's like one I revisit often. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Rikers Island. It won't be smiling on Rikers Island. He's still putting out stuff? Hell yeah, man. Like if with you DJ look at Polo? No, it's just it's just him. I think he works with like different different people. Mm-hmm. I was like in uh when uh we were in Dead Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh we played in Texas and like he was working with some random DJ down there when we were there. I was like someone that was related to the hardcore scene. It was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, he's Rob our rock. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was actually like a young kid, like kid half my age, like just mm. doing shit. Nice, pretty cool. Nice mixtape stuff, you know. So, uh, Chris, you're up. I'm so confident in my one pick. I'm going to save it for the third. Wow. So my second pick, I'm going <laughs> to go games. with, uh, I'm, I'm playing games. I'm playing mind games on you. Uh, Your mind's you know, playing I'm, tricks I'm, on you? <laughs> that's not what I'm going with, but yes. Uh, my my second pick is going to be Del the Funky Homo Sapien. I wish my brother George was here. Nice. Aww. Nice. Yeah. Mm. I, I, you know, because like, so... 91 to 93 i lived in illinois and where i lived in illinois was heavily ganged up so gangster rap was like kind of a big deal there Mm -hmm. and it was it was dell was a nice break even though he was still because he's like ice cube's cousin or something yeah i was gonna ask you in that world i knew he was related to someone yeah yeah so while still in that world he was kind of the west coast version of native tongues which he hated being compared to mm-hmm. uh and he actually like on that record there's like a, a sly native tongues disc um there's a lot of east coast disses on it before like the east west thing became a thing like a lot of shots at new york mm-hmm. that if you didn't know you didn't really pick up on uh but you know he's talking about like riding the bus and all the issues of riding the bus and not being able like having to wear vans because any other sneakers he has are going to get robbed <laughs> and then also talking about like having like reasonably conscious songs you know like Dell, that record's like so good it's such a great record and then whoever bob dabalina is 
Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Dab Dabalina, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I still don't know who he is, but it freaking the track hits. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, and just like Ice Cube has like little bits on it, like some with his voice, some with like a, a voice effect. So you don't necessarily know it's him. And, and they even understand that the people who are going to listen to the record because of Ice Cube but aren't the smartest people walking, they even kind of address that with Ice Cube saying to him, like, yeah, like, what the fuck is a, a homo sapien? Like, a funky homo sapien. <laughs> kind of insinuating, like, you know, because you're a homo, and, and that was like a human being, man. It's a funky human being. <laughs> oh. You know, like, they knew who was buying the record. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Ice Cube's cousin. Is that? Yeah. I think okay, yeah. pretty sure. It's funny. And then he went on to like, on, what's sorry. that? I said as we're doing this, I'm like thinking of so many more things I could pick. So we got we got to definitely yeah, get seriously. into like like uh, honorable mentions. <laughs> I've got I've got 15 yeah. to 20 on yeah. my list here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like he went on to uh, Gorillas mm-hmm. and uh, Deltron 2020, I think it is or yeah. 2030. Mm-hmm. I forget what the numbers are. And like he was part of Hieroglyphics, which I feel like Hieroglyphics really didn't do anything. Uh, and he's like a huge comic book nerd, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a huge fan of Dell because I don't celebrate his entire output. Like, I don't care about gorillas mm-hmm. and I haven't listened to Deltron in forever, but I thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a concept album of being like in a post apocalyptic future kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that, that record. Uh, I wish my brother George was here. Great record. So good. Cool, cool, cool. One Low key was... shots at KRS one. Oh, why mm-hmm. why shoot at the king, man? Dude, he just like I mean it was like KRS one. I don't know. I think KRS one, I think he took a couple of slick shots at some West Coast people. Like he yeah. may have like took a shot at Ice Cube. And this is kind of his, like, and he doesn't call him out. It's, it's only if you know, because it's like a reference to, like, sucker MCs, like, the fuck are you talking about kind of a thing. And that was, like, right. Karis one thing at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And the whole, like, uh, uh, the fucking guys with the crystals thing happens, like, around that time. PM Dawn. Oh, no. I'm I'm oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that is on memory bliss. I'm telling you, you. I'm telling you, 91 and 93, I was more into hip hop than I was hardcore. And yeah. I bought the source every time it came out. Like I was all about that shit. Like the people I hung out with, all they listened to was like rap and stuff. And we were always looking for new stuff. Mm-hmm. And really like Taylor the hardcore Soul. that was coming out between 91 and 93 that I could get where I lived in Illinois really wasn't very engaging or captivating mm-hmm. so uh speaking of source i remember reading a adele interview in there i think it was mm-hmm. source but like oh, what's the song like dark skin girls or something like that yeah yeah yep and, like they asked him about it he's just, and he's like oh i got a white girlfriend now and i was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like bummed i'm like dude you wrote that song though, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's one of the songs on there is pretty much dissing Yo-Yo, and Yo-Yo was like in their camp. You can't play oh, yeah. with my Yo-Yo. 
<laughs> right, but the song is talking about like you know fake contacts, blonde extensions, this and that, and I'm like, that's fucking yo yo, man. Like, how yeah. is how is she not being like, hey, well, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. All right, everyone, everyone changes, but I was bummed out. At everyone time. changes. <laughs> okay, so number three, you're up, Kelly. Oh my god, number three. Number three. <laughs> Dude, this is ass. But I can't read that. Yeah. Well, I know, but I, I did, you called me and I did my research on the hustle. All right. Nice. So, Latrix. Latrix is the part this, of this umbrella of um, Latif, the truth speaker, and lyrics born. And I fell in love with them in like 1995, 96. Latrix had their first album. It's called The Album. But then they kind of had this switch capacity of uh, sharing people. And I mean, it's just like a duo. Um, they're soul, like funk vibe, and they're like slow groove. It's just. How do I not know about this? Yeah, I, I know nothing about this. I sent you the one song. Did you? I mean, that's like one of the more popular songs, but they were under um, the Soul Sides record label, which is like an underground hip hop label. Okay. Um, uh, DJ Shadow was one of their main components. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, who the fuck else? Let me see. They had to check myself so I didn't speak before you wreck yourself. So you don't wreck yourself. (laughs) Black Alicious was in their umbrella too. Yeah. But Latrix, I don't know. I can listen to that. How do you you spell that? L A T R Y X. Coming back. I saw them in Portland, Oregon, their West Coast. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I saw DJ Shadow 5,009 times in various areas. Are you seeing DJ Shadow perform? 5,009 times? I mean, <laughs> think about how many times it got played everywhere. And plus yeah. he played for like animation and he did different things like that. Yeah. So it was under that record label, which he probably could have been more famous than he was. Mm-hmm. But he like stuck in his genre of his home mm. but as soon as they heard latrix i fell in love with them and i went to see them wherever i could find them cool. but they had like three different branches but that album that was different in 1996 or whatever when things have kind of changed and evolved a little out of the gangster rap and more into this kind of melodic funk mm-hmm. you know so you had like the instrumental way of gangster tribe and then straight up gangster rap and then they were just kind of like this groovy blend of stuff and if you get a chance listen to them and all the three bands affiliated with them because it's kind of like a it's a refreshing take on hip-hop for sure i'm definitely gonna check it out yeah Mm -hmm. I'm reading all about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Read all about same. It. 
Yeah. I remembered the name, but I, I I didn't know anything about these guys. Very cool. He's dropping knowledge on us. Wild, wild card. <laughs> wild card. That's why we got the wild card. <laughs> Actually, before you, I mean, yesterday before today happened, I was like doing dishes and I'm like, Clementine's like, stop listening to songs. Who do you think you are doing in the kitchen? I'm like, I'm the one doing the dishes, not you. <laughs> Lady. And I, sent, I sent you that link of that song. Yeah. <laughs> Lady, don't take no. Nice. All right. So that would be that would be my most popular later '90s choice, definitely. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right, you are up, Mike. Oh man, I'm I'm like I'm actually bummed because there are so many. You, you got me going now. I'm like <laughs> dig it back because I, I I didn't get it. I I just got back yesterday mm-hmm. from uh, my trip. And uh, I was planning, like, during the trip, I was going to do some research. So I'd like, I could yeah. remember what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so like, w- w- been Googling away um, here. I am so torn, man, because I-, I have I have three great ones here. Yeah. Um, and I- I'm going to go with... Um, De La Soul stakes is high. Nice. Um, which again, just another phenomenal album that when when I heard it, I, I think Stakes is High, let's see, it, I think it came out in 96, 97, 96. Mm-hmm. And uh I actually got a copy. I was lit, I moved to New York um in 96. Uh, you know, just getting, getting out of a divorce and, um, you know, moved to New York, you know, moved in with a friend of mine and we were, we were doing like, you know, um, he, he had like a cable vision, not cable vision, what the hell they call it? Um, you know, cable TV show. And, uh, we were like going to all these clubs. We we're getting like tons of, um, you know, networking with all these people. So we would get like free stuff all the time. And so I got the stakes is high album for free from, you know, someone we knew. And I was thinking like, even though I love De La Soul and I mean, again, like all all the stuff that, you know, musically, because, because I'm a musician, you know, play music and, and that like, it has to, it has to all work, right. You can't be just a great lyricist and the music's rubbish and whatever. And, you know, De La Soul, especially like when they came out, loved all that stuff, tribe, everything, because it was, it was, it was creative and it wasn't, you know, wasn't like just gangster rap or like one particular thing, right? It was like very experimental, but uh, Stakes is High is such a phenomenal album. And, you know, you could tell like the maturity of, of, uh, of the group at that point. And I, I don't think, I mean, I think it did pretty well. Um, yeah, actually it says strong, strong reviews, but little commercial success. And that was like really shocking to me because the album, again, another one where I'd say probably almost every track is just a great track, you know, great, great music and just really well put together. Phenomenal, phenomenal album. Love De La Soul. But I'm, I'm going to slip this in. <laughs> I won't talk about them, but the two I was going to 
two I was going to mention were Brand Nubian, One for All. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, uh, the other one was um, Company Flow, Fun Crusher Plus. But, you know, Ooh. I think Stay, De, De La Soul had a bigger, much bigger influence than the other two. So, for sure. Fair enough. One for All is so, so good, though. Oh my God! Yeah, that wake the song "Wake Up" again. Another one we were driving down to DC a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and uh, my my sons had never heard that. And we were just like, and then and then from that we took went to the uh, uh, what's it called? Um, wake up! Um, Use this sample from uh, Roy Ayers. Everybody loves the sunshine, and uh, which you know phenomenal sample if you never listen to roy airs get the best of roy airs and you'll realize how much stuff was sampled from roy airs phenomenal yeah i gotta check that out one yeah. one more thing about that brand new guns out a real cool thing about the samples they take there's a lot of record hiss on like all the samples it's just yeah, super yeah. cool a lot yeah. of people like try to get rid of that but it's cool how they just leave it in there and it's like part of the beat almost exactly so. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yep. I love the samples of, on anything because it made me realize as a kid that this jazz proponent who made this little thing, what these beat the Beastie Boys had all these, you know, random stuff or whatever. Who made these other snippets that are enhancing this new music? Yeah. And then when you look back and see Dizzy Gillespie or like whatever. Mm-hmm. all kinds of like random things and i was like oh okay it's kind of like a, a good blend of everyone being inspired by what their history was when we were just little kids whether it's your grandparents or what you listen to in a grocery store or something like that yeah. sampled didn't come out of the air it came because yeah. you heard it and it stuck in your mind mm-hmm. yeah i mean like it it, it introduces you to new music if you sought to seek it out if the samples were kind of like mentioned where they were from but it also showed that because all the people who are like rapping hip-hop isn't music but a lot of the people involved in hip-hop were musical people and had a and had a wide range of musical tastes that they brought into their into their art form mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. actually speaking of that again another I'll see if I can dig this up, but there there was this great clip on the you know the the um, sound engineer. He's a famous sound engineer, and he did the the tribe called quest Lowen theory. And I forget mm-hmm. what song it was, but this little clip talks about how. But there, there's a, no, it's not that song. There, there's no. this, uh, there's this. Um, forget which one it is, but it has a bass in it, and um, well, all of it has bass in it. Oh. But, but like <laughs> <laughs> very like low end, like you know, like jazz bass, and it talks about that you know, sound engineer like uh, Q-Tip was trying to get this thing to work right, the sample to work, and he brought in. Um, my God, the famous jazz bass player, Ron. Ron Carter. Ron Carter. And and Ron knew how to make it happen, right? Because he took the sample, but then they wanted like the live, you know, um, the bass sound. 
but because of the the sample and the you know the note it was in whatever again i'm a musician so i really get into that part of it but to me that's like amazing they were musicians and they were like even though they didn't they might not necessarily you know strictly play drums or guitar or, or whatever they had this musical background and and they made it work right they didn't they may not you know, know how to read music or whatever, but like mentally because of their influences and in, in everything, they, they made it work and they took advantage of those, the flaws, like a lot of the flaws, like are what, you know, you may not realize are make the song a lot of public enemy stuff when you read, you know, or, or hear about like how they put together stuff, you know, they were like looping tape, you know, like around the room to create like, the, the sample. And then like, there's like a little blip, but that little blip adds like the beat or whatever. Anyway, mm -hmm. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <It's all good. laughs> no, that's perfect. Totally. My out now. And my favorite thing is like hearing the uh, a song that the sample was taken from. And it's like an aha moment. It's like, oh yeah. shit. That's where that's from. Yeah. I, I never really searched it out too much. I, I probably should have, but like my, just like going through like my mom's records and stuff, I'll put mm. like Sly and Family Stone or something. I'm like, oh my god! Like every fucking hip hop group took lyrics, yeah. you know, music, everything, you know. So it's cool. All right, I guess I'm up. And that I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, I guess maybe this is one of the ones that Chris thought I was going to take, but. Uh, <laughs> My third pick. I there there were some other one. My other my other picks that I may have been picking were, I mean, they were maybe not quite hip hop, but I but I'm gonna talk about them when we do the uh what do you call it the uh, what do you call those things the honorable mentions. I'll I'll, I'll br break those down. But mine's Ice T original gangster because oh. <laughs> you get because that's oh that was gonna be your number one. Even though he's he's on the West Coast, he was born on the East Coast, so it's okay. Yes. <laughs> Do we were, were we supposed to choose West or East Coast? No, no, no. no. I just don't got no love for the West Coast. That's all. He's, he's <laughs> just trying to keep the beef alive. <laughs> but I mean, Ice T is, you know, one of my, you know, I don't got no heroes, but he is close to a personal hero as I have. I have, uh, you know. When we, when we did the Black X stuff, I laughed on a song because Ice T laughed on a song. So, I, you know, we thanked Ice T's the only person we ever thanked on a record. So, I don't know. <laughs> Ice T's he's the king. And, uh, you know, Body Count, the beginnings of Body Count were on this album, you know. So, you know, it's fucking Ice T, man. New Jack Hustler, so yeah. good. Like, Ice yeah. T is. For a guy who like he, you know, he's funny sometimes, but he's serious other times. He just he mixes it up so well. Like he's he's great. But I'm a big fan of Coco, and he's got Coco. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget about Darlene. Darlene was a true queen of uh, of hip hop. All right, don't forget yep. about Darlene. She was she was the OG queen of hip hop. But anyway. Um, yeah, I see original gangster. I got, I got, I don't got much more to say about it, but I mean, I, I we've talked about this in the past. Like, I'm a huge fan of this record, yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about this the other day. I wonder if like NWA hadn't happened, 
if he would have done the OG record. Because oh, it was like, you know, because yeah. like you look at the record before an iceberg, which was more socially conscious and politically charged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it seemed like he was kind of moving in that direction. And then like, he needed to like, kind of remind people like, Hey, don't forget that I kind of started this. Yeah, definitely. You know, ice tea, man. Iceberg was the record's great. The yeah. iceberg was on the last, on the eighties. You picked that right, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one of my picks. In the oh 80s. Uh... Love Ice Steve, man. Yeah, Ice yeah, Steve just we're so big good. Ice fans. <laughs> yeah. Ice Steve's a king. He is, man. He's cool ass. He's just cool. Still. <laughs> At age 63 or however old he is, still cool. Yeah. Still performing. Sarah, Sarah has Ice Tea stories because she worked with him for a short time on uh, SVU. Yeah. And uh, she she has some pretty funny stories. Yeah, iced tea is just, just ran, random iced tea isms. <laughs> he's just a man. But again, he he like you know, I mean, not I mean, of course, body count in in, in that. Um, but again, it was like there was I think I think for me, like a lot of these, the ones that most affected me, they had. Uh, that like they they listened to a broader amount of music and so they had these influences especially you know he obviously had like you know rock metal and punk in that influences um Mm -hmm. as well and he was cool with it right and and and, you know it wasn't as uh you know segregated right Mm -hmm. you know i there was a broader i i think like especially you know, a lot of these artists were influenced by a much broader range than we like really realize, right? We mm-hmm. put them in the box because they're hip hop that, you know, they probably just listen to black music and, mm-hmm. and, that. and it's definitely much broader, but that, yeah, that's, that is one of the reasons why I love Ice-T, man. He just like, he, he didn't care. He did whatever he wanted. He was like, and he, he was in, um, God, what was the the um, hip hop? Uh, was it was he in Beat Street or was he in? He was, no, in, he was, in, he was in Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. No, but I he, he wasn't in Beat Street. I don't believe so. No, I think of of those movies, the only one he was in was uh, you know, Breaking Two, like performing at their little benefit thing, wearing his like early 80s hip-hop costume you gotta give so miracles can live you gotta give so miracles can live yeah (laughs) yeah sweet ass kangle and that Uh uh-huh a red one i think (laughs) definitely Derek, you are up oh it's cheese man all right uh i guess uh it would be uh main sword king adams that was one of my honorable mentions. So. Oh man, it's, it's so good. Um, you know, just just hanging out. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, I really liked the song "Just a Friendly Game at Baseball." Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a, a like a a little more indirect, but maybe a little more intelligent way to say "fuck the police." You know, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think Large Professor is 
also very underrated. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe because he had glasses. Something <laughs> heard. You know, <laughs> right. I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like people confused him with Chub Rock because I definitely confused him with Chub no Rock way, for I some know. reason. <laughs> now, I, I don't know when people say large professor, Chub Rock pops into my head. And I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. Chris, treat him right. All right. <laughs> don't diss Chub Rock, man. Chub. I'm not, I'm not, I'm Chub Rock, not dissing man. anybody. Where <laughs> Chub Rock is still alive? I'm going to check that out right now. <laughs> also, uh, this record had an early uh, appearance of Nas. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah? I'm not sure what song, but he's definitely on there. Maybe Lab nice. at the Barbecue. But yeah, nice. good stuff. Chub Rock appears to be still alive. He's 54 years old. <laughs> what about, so is Lars wow. Professor still alive? Because I thought one of those two died. Let's see. No, Lars Professor's still alive. Yeah. He was recently on like a Nas documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what, uh, was he, let's see, what was the, um, the search song um, that Nas was in, but I think was Large Professor in that as well. Um, was it a search um, solo or was it a third bass song? No, it's, it's search solo. Return of the product. <laughs> I got that CD somewhere. <laughs> what is that song? Search. Speaking um, of search, did you guys ever watch the? Uh, you got that record, Chris? Yeah. Nice. The um, Chris is the biggest third base fan. What was that song? What was that <laughs> show? The the White Rapper show. Definitely uh, watch that the show. White, the White, the white rapper, rapper Show or the show that he hosted to yeah. find like the next big rapper. Were they all white? I don't remember them all yeah. being white. Remember John Were Brown? They... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember them. Yeah. Definitely worth a look at least. The, the white rapper show. <laughs> it might have been called that actually. Yeah, I think it was called the white rapper show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, have you guys had? Um, do, do you know Pumice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you had him on here? He he should have been on here. He would have. Pumice. Like, yeah. Pumice is a fucking badass, and he would. He definitely is. I love Pumice. Us Pumice is the best. Yeah. Pum Pumice like it would kill all this stuff he'd just be rattling stuff off <laughs> part maybe two. i'll do a part two because there's a lot of stuff in the 90s we missed a, i'm like i couldn't stop once you told me i was like, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's it too much but but the actually it was chub rock was in the uh search nas and chub rock were in back to the grill hmm. check that out watch the video i gotta revisit that record it's been a long time yeah yeah Back to the grill. That's on this. Yeah. Because uh, Nasty Nas, T Ray, Red Hot Lover Tone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm probably cheap. But uh, yeah, it's on this. It's, uh, it's uh, back, back to the grill on MC Search Return of the Product. Do you have the Richie Rich um, Pete Nice record? No. I. I I, I enjoy search more than Pete Nice though. Like yeah. doing research on this, I was listening to a lot of uh third base. Yeah. Uh yeah. I was surprised no one mentioned third base, but 
Was that like late 80s? They were on the 80s. They were on the 80s one. Yeah. It might have been 89. No one mentioned Eminem. Oh, my God. That was 2000, I think. I think the first record was 2000, wasn't it? And we're not done yet. I still got my pick. Take it easy yes. there, killer. Okay. Killer. <laughs> maybe I'll hit you some Eminem. I'm not, but maybe it's happening. What's your What's your pick? Eminem. Possibly the single greatest hip-hop record to ever come out in the 90s. The Ghost Tricks of the Shade. Oh, my God. What is that? No clue. Yo, I remember that. I don't remember Came that. out in 92. Philadelphia's Finest. Oh, you said something Slay about Zach, this. Slayzak, M-A-D, Kale. Somewhere. This record, like... This record is great. Totally slept on. Came out on Rough House Columbia. Nobody was into it. Except Chris I mean, Wyatt. this record is pretty. Except Chris Wyatt. <laughs> this record is pretty. Like, I mean, it's more punk than most punk records. Mm-hmm. Super political. You know, like this record, they were talking about Roe versus Wade. They're talking about Leonard Peltier before anybody really was. Wow. They had uh, like a good flow, good lyrical flow. And they also, in between each song, they had skits. And the whole premise of it is this kid ends up with a little brother. Uh, and the kid's the little brother's name is Hangerhead because he has a hanger sticking out of space. You can guess why. And the mother, they're trying to find their mother who got arrested for trying to perform an illegal abortion. <laughs> so to find their mother, they have to go through their Uncle Sam's freak show. And it's just them navigating all of the like pitfalls of poverty to try and find their mother and like the skits add levity to it. I mean, to a degree of levity. And uh, by the end of the record, they're in um, like the bumper cars, uh, drive-by bumper cars. And the little brother shoots the mother. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just like this is awesome. It's a video game. Like, it's it's such a good record. The Goats Tricks of the Shade. Like, it's such a fantastic record. Nice. Like the the flow is great. The samples are great. The mixing is great. The fucking skits are ridiculous. And I know, like, when I got it, and I tried playing it for like you know the people I was hanging out with, they're just like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> what are you listening to?" I remember the, goats, the skits that turned them like turned them away, or what was it? Or it was the skits that they didn't know who it was, and it had because they were from Philadelphia. They kind of had their own thing going on, but it was definitely a high tempo East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, this is like around the same time that, uh, like, the Chronic was big, yeah. and you know, like everybody was like trying to talk like Snoop Dogg and like trying to like do that Chronic thing. You know, mm-hmm. it just it just kind of came out at the wrong time. Like, I don't know how people on the East Coast felt about it, but not many people outside of Philadelphia that I know fuck with the goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a second record, which wasn't as good, at least to me. I need to revisit it. Okay. But even like the cover, like you look at the cover, you know, people are looking at this like, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, why it didn't sell, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Because it just like, 
I mean, it's some wild shit going on. But like when you listen to the skits, it all all of the like imagery makes sense. Yeah, it's a little too smart. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely on another level. I have to uh, check me checking that out. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Like the skits and the songs like Leonard Peltier in a cage. Yeah, Roe v. Wade, the sword swallower. <laughs> Like the opening, the opening song is typical American. Uh-huh. Columbus boat ride, so good. Coming in your ear, Noriega's coke coke stands. Yeah, like people weren't ready for this. Like they weren't ready for this when it happens, and I was all the way on board. Yeah. So you got some uh, some um, some honorable mentions. Uh, so many, yeah. um, so many, I mean, I was really, you know, I'm a, I'm a cracker. I was super into that house of pain record when it came out the first one, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as corny as parts of it may have been, um, the first Cypress Hill record was fantastic. Oh my yeah. God. And, and it has suicidal reference on it. Does it? Yeah. And uh, how I could just kill a man, like you hear, like off in the distance towards the end of the song, all I wanted was a Pepsi. Yeah, I never really? picked up on that. That's funny. Yeah, Damn. yeah, it was actually the Crunch Face guys who turned me on to Cypress Hill. Yeah. Uh, so a little shout out to Bleach Mouth. That video um, where they're walking he, backwards is so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> you know, it was funny because they like. <laughs> they did an interview back then where somebody asked, somebody kind of called them out on, because, you know, the record is like, you know, a lot of songs on the record about like shooting cops and being kind of yeah. like street and somewhat gang affiliated. And people yeah. were like, well, you live here. Like, how is that gang affiliated? And they're kind of like, well, you know, you're in the streets doing things, but you don't want that to come home with you. Yeah. And I never really knew how to take that, you know, but like on one hand it made sense, but on the other, like, you're actively seeking out these things, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, I really, really liked, enjoyed the Apache record back then. Apache ain't shit. My brother was big time into that. Apache? Yeah, man. Yeah. Apache. Was that the, what was that, his big song? Gangsta bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A gangsta bitch. What? A gangsta <laughs> bitch. Yeah. And of course, the staples, you know, get a boys who can't be stopped. Yeah. Uh, uh, BDP, sex and violence, Ice Cube death certificate. Yeah. You know, self-titled. And, and of course, Booyah Tribe, New Funky Nation, which I talked about at Nauseam <laughs> on the last episode. Booyah Tribe. Wow. I never really got into Booyah Tribe. I don't know. They, like I said, they made some weird choices. Like I was listening to um, Angry Samoans in the, within the last couple of days. And it was clearly because it came out like 96 to 98, somewhere in there. And they clearly were seeing that bands like Rage Against the Machine and Limp Biscuit were blowing up. Yeah. And they tried to like kind of cash in on that, not understanding that like. They're not gonna, they're not the ones to cash in on that, you know. Yeah. Mike, you got any honorable mentions? That's on honorable mentions. We got, yeah, I'm, I mentioned mine, so uh, yeah. brand new being in uh, 
uh, Company Flow Fun Crusher Plus. Company okay. Flow, uh, uh, we spoke a little bit about brand newbie, but Company Flow mm-hmm. LP, right? Ultimately, uh, run run the jewels, but um, you know, went on to produce some phenomenal stuff that if you get to uh, uh, if your next episode is two thousands hip hop and we <laughs> talk about uh, some, I, I won't mention the group uh, <laughs> unless you do it. But there is a phenomenal group that I'm just gonna say it that that so, I recommend that everyone check out um, that LP you know, produced and did the music for called Cannibal Ox. And if you've never heard Cannibal Ox, you need to go get that shit right now. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's taking us into the 2000s, but I'm sure yeah. there'll be one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ellie, you got any? Saying the goats, do it. I would yeah, say the goats, I want to check honorable out. mention would be um, Black Sheep. Oh my oh, god! Yes. I, I was surprised that nobody said that. I mean, the wolf in sheep's clothing—that was just yeah. So um, I discovered that that we talk about this. Remember that brand, that band, uh, Cerebral Ballsy? We we talked yeah. about this in the. That's Drez's son. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, that. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like they played Mohawk once, but yeah, that's yeah, freaking crazy. It's just nuts. <laughs> Yeah, be... it's all the same. It's all together. Oh, <laughs> they play more hard twice, I think. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mob uh, Deep, Juvenile, oh oh, wow. Juvenile. <laughs> Come on. First one. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Puff Daddy. I would just say Tupac All Eyes on Me because that was. I don't know. It's got it's got that funky grooved to his stuff. And yeah. Those would be my my throw-ins. Your, your OMs or HMs? Sorry, OMs. <laughs> yeah. seven, you know, yeah. you know, I'm just for saying, like every time you guys do these episodes, we should really put out like a playlist of the combo. I was gonna do that for our <laughs> 80s one, but I, I took the people's stuff down, but I never did it. <laughs> but that's a good idea, so though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. We make a biography of all this nonsense that no one cares about. It's old people talking. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people care about this shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Derek got any HMs? Yeah. yeah. Uh P Rock and CL Smooth returning yes. back up. Yes. Record. Uh got old boys self-titled, which is kind of a gray area because it's between yeah, I- I left it off because of the discussion we had the last time about it. That's why I didn't even mention it at all. Yeah. Um, what else did I have? Organized Confusion, Stress. Wow. That's awesome. an awesome record. Um, Poor Righteous Teachers. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think everything else has been mentioned that I was into. So. You know, while we were uh, while I was prepping for the episode, one of my picks was gonna be uh, was in Crips banging on wax, and then I actually listened to it again for the first time in like thirty years. Didn't hold up. It, it, yeah. it didn't hold up. It didn't hold <laughs> I, up. I, I checked out Lifers Group. Remember Lifers Group? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. That's funny. 
for anyone like with the Lifers group, like if you go back and watch the original Scared Straight, freaking incredible TV. The original Scared yeah. Straight, incredible TV. <laughs> so go back and find that on YouTube, wherever the fuck you find it. It's so good. So good. Okay. You got any more, Derek? No, no. I want to give my honorable mentions. Oh, wait, one more. Yeah. Our, our right. right to the far side. Okay. Ah. Far side. The PH far side. Also, yes. yes the PH. Souls of Mischief. Not Popeye. Now I'm done. All right. So, so my honorable mentions. So, I. They might not be hip hop, but maybe they are. I don't know. Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. Um, How was that album? That's Some people what... call that industrial, but whatever. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I could see it, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> that's probably the first place I ever heard Dead Kennedys or reference to Dead Kennedys, I guess, because I, I, I wasn't yeah. into that, you know, as a young man coming up. They have that, uh, that cover. Um. Uh, consolidated play more music featuring Paris. I think that yeah. album that, that's it's an industrial album, but it is it's pretty much a, a hip hop album. They there's a couple of singy song songs on there, but like consolidated, like, like that's me. I think like politically is consolidated. Like if you yeah. put that record on, that like, you know you know what I'm all about. I think you know from freaking <clears throat> Tool and Die always- to everything else and i don't know they just you know and those skits in the middle of those are cool too where they have the people they had people come up with like when they were playing and like do their like and they had like discussions and shit which i think would have been kind of cool to see back in the day yeah. like people coming up and talking about shit getting yeah. microphones and stuff um judgment night soundtrack so good oh my god Dude, it was legitimately good it is. I, I agree. I disagree. But okay, <laughs> disagree. What's what? What? Defend your what, position. Okay, there's there's some good songs on there, but overall, I think it's trash. No way. <laughs> no I, way. I, I think the good outweighs the bad. What's your what's what's the good on there for you? Let's see if we align. Uh, uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm kind of winging it. I but see I feel Slayer. Like I see in Slayer. That's middle for me. That's middle of the road because I don't think Ice T carries the song well. Dude, Onyx and Biohazard, Judgment mm-hmm. Night. Onyx and Biohazard was great. What was the House Bionics of Pain and was Helmet? Cool. Yeah. What was that? The House of Pain and Helmet was great, right? Yeah. If that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Booyah, Travis right. Face, No More. Another Body great. Murdered. Come on. Yeah, man. Dope. Yeah. Another Body Murdered. Yeah. Okay. That, that's cool. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so good. Now you have to go watch the movie, Derek. I the movie's uh, terrible. The movie. The, the soundtrack is way better than the movie. But yeah, you get the movie. double entendre. Was yeah. it Dell? Dell and Teenage Fan Club was on there. No, Dell pretty- and Dinosaur Junior. It was Sonic Youth and Teenage Fan Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's Sonic Youth? No, and Teenage no, Fan no. Club work? Was- Neither of them are rappers. Yeah. No, no Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. Sorry. Sonic is Cypress Hill. Teenage Fan Club, De La Soul. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. That was a cool song, too. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll yeah, that soundtrack is better than you think. <laughs> and my my other album mention is the first Rage Against the Machine album. It's, I mean, it's a rap album. Like, the Zach is rap. Rage Against the Machine album is oh, a rap album. Came yeah. out when everyone was playing together, like Tribe and 
they were all I mean Zach and Warp Tour and everything together. Like Zach, I mean everything. Like Zach is just good. He's a good rapper. Yeah, phenomenal. And uh, like every whole band, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually that I didn't mention that because to me when when that album came out, I don't think I appreciated when it initially came out, but. Mm-hmm. To me, especially after Public Enemy and, you know, the mix of uh, hip hop and metal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was like that, especially the stuff I was doing with Project C and Mouthful War at the time. That was exactly, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the mix of that rage. Oh, my God. Yeah. That music, lyrics, politics. Everything. And, yeah. Everything. Um. Speaking of that, we need to have you on for a regular interview at some point. I, I am down. This was this was fun, man. This was <laughs> I'll, I'll join everybody. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that I, I wasn't. It was interesting because you know when I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh man, I am just I am not prepared for this. I like you know, I, I was like, what the hell are we going to talk about? And uh, yeah, in when I joined you the last time with uh, John Mark. Yeah. Um, too man, I love that dude dearly. Um, uh, yeah, there, there is, uh, you know, I was doing that hip hop stuff, but it's so funny because when I've listened to your podcast, it's brought back all these memories of like all the people that I was connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave that if you, if you, yeah, I'm definitely down. So like, yeah, I, we're gonna make this happen. Yeah. Yes, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, like all those <laughs> connections with all the groups, the, you know, all those old hardcore groups, man. Uh, yeah. Buffalo hardcore. So oh, like, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. I recorded a lot of them initially. So nice. nice. Yeah. So we could talk. About I still them. have, I still have the mouth award demo on my phone. I know you played it, man. That, that last time that really gave me <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I still listen to it from time to time. Yeah, but we'll talk gotta, about that. We'll talk about that on your episode specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. steal his fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about to give it all away. Like you know, I'm just <laughs> talking. To but yeah, no definitely, way. Definitely done. We gotta save this. All right, cool. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, man. guys, for for letting me join you again. I love talking to you and shooting the shit and it's always it just feels good when you leave the table after this you know yeah 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 all right good night all right, people. Everyone. All right. good night children Long live. And wake up to be greeted by an argument again You act like a 10, so immature I try to concentrate on the cure And keep looking at the front door Thinking if I were to evacuate You'd probably be straighter than straight And wouldn't have so much hate Cause you don't know the pain I feel When I see you smiling And when I roll up you start wilding So I front like everything's hunky-dory But it's a whole different story You don't like the fact that I'm me I don't put on a show when it comes time for you to have company And your friends don't understand your choice of man They speak pop
proper while my speech is from a garbage can. But regardless, you shouldn't have to be so raw. I'm looking at the front door. I'm looking at the front door. Baby, I'm looking at the front door. I'm looking at the front door. And when you're with your friends, I glide to the side until the spotlight is mine and never sabotage a good time. But when they're not around, the fights commence. I'm the one you're against, and it doesn't make sense. Cause I'm the one that you claim to love for life. But all I get is straight hairs and strife. And I can play some old stuck up rapper role. And get foul every time you lose control. But that's not my order of operations. So I should win an award for lots of patience. Cause that's all a fella can have. With the girl who's shooting up his world like Shaft. And I don't think that I can take it anymore. I'm looking at the front door. 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 Now, like I said it before, I'm looking at the front door. <laughs> 